truth is, it's very hard for me to focus today. Um, we got back from an amazing youth camp and everything was wonderful. And uh, I'm so thankful for everything we got to experience there. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit and how we moved. And But uh, the reality is, is, my heart is heavy this morning for the people of Haiti. Uh, some of you may have seen my Facebook post about a group from Trustful uh, teenagers that went to Trustful, uh, that from, from Trustful that went to Haiti, and um, they were staying at Missions of Hope, and there's been an uprising in Haiti. Uh, the people there are rioting, and they're rioting because the government has been raising the prices on fuel. And I know firsthand how important fuel is for the people in Haiti. Um, that's the way they find their way to work. Many of them walk because they can't afford it already. This means that more people will have to walk instead of using their tap taps maybe to make money. Some people, if, you, if you're in Haiti, you'll inevitably see a motorcycle going down the road with about five people hanging off the sides of it. And that's just because fuel is so scarce. So many people don't have transportation. They're trying to get somewhere that they can make money. And it's just desperate for them. So they'll be piled on a motorcycle just trying to get somewhere that they can make money. So when fuel prices go up, it's very devastating to them. So that's why the people of Haiti are having an uprising right now. Well, this group from Trustful, um, they, they went down there to be a part of Missions of Hope, to do mission work down there. Uh, they were trying to come back, and apparently... They got stopped a couple of times. I'm not going to go into details about that because I don't know all the details, but, uh, and I don't want to spread anything that might not be true, but apparently they got stopped a couple of times, and they decided to, on their way to Port-au-Prince to fly back out, and they decided to turn around and go back to Missions of Hope and stay there um, uh, until they could get flights out. Now, what happens in Haiti is when there's an uprising like this, that typically uh, the airlines shut down their, their flights in and out of Haiti. Uh, American Airlines, Spirit Airlines, uh, there, there are a few of the ones that fly in and out of Haiti, and, uh, and they have ceased all flights in and out of Haiti right now. Um, so this group of uh, teenagers from Trustful is, is kind of stuck down there at Missions of Hope. As, as heavy as that is on my heart, I also, I also know uh, the names and faces of uh, the Haitians that are there. And many of them, they just want to survive. They're not looking. I mean, some of them aren't even part of this uprising, but, but their families may be affected. Or some of them just want to have enough fuel so that they can go to work and, and have food that they can eat. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's, the cell towers are down. Um, I, I, I have a friend that I communicate with about uh, about once a week. His name is Stefani. Stefani, if you're watching, man, just know that we are praying for you. Um, I don't know if you can or not, but uh, we're praying for the people of Haiti today. Um, so my heart is heavy, to be honest with you. It really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this group from Trustful, but they're at Missions of Hope, a very secure uh, facility there, and, and I think that they're going to be fine. And I talked to uh, Doug Barker from Missions of Hope today, and he said the biggest thing. I said that, look, Doug, I said, we'll obviously be praying 
for Missions of Hope today, but we're also we're willing to do more than just pray. If you have a need, please let us know, and we'll do everything that we can to meet that need. And he said the biggest thing that they need right now is prayer. Their primary focus is logistics for trying to get people in and out of Haiti. Um, and that um, usually these uprisings that they have in Haiti don't usually last very long. So that's the good news is that usually it's just a few days and then, uh, then they're over with. So that's what we're praying for and hoping for is that uh, I know that the government, government has stopped the, ri- the raising of uh, fuel prices to try to calm everything down. I do know that the, the government in Haiti uh, has always had struggles with um, just doing the right thing, okay? I'll just say, say it that way. I'm not going to say anything about the government of Haiti besides the fact that they've always struggled to do the right thing. And I just, uh, my heart's heavy for them, and that's just where I'm at today. And that's what's on my mind, and that's just where I'm at. And that's probably the reason why uh, I'm not able to speak well. I I'm, I'm, don't have this message really focused in my mind, and I'm going to do the best I can with it. And we're going to mostly just pray today. Um, I can tell that some of you have got some really heavy things on your heart, and Haiti happens to be really heavy on my heart. And we just sang a song about the crushing and God making new wine, and, and we just have to trust Him in that. And even for the people of Haiti, even as they're being crushed, We have to trust that God's going to use that somehow to bring people to him. So that's my prayer today is that no matter what happens, that God receives glory and that God will draw people into himself through situations like this. And uh, I just, I I pray for the safety of the people I love down there. Um, I mean, I I know, I know a lot of you hadn't been there. I I got that, you know, but there's a lot of you to have. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We will continue in our in our uh, study of the word kairos or kairos, depending on how you pronounce it. It's a word. It's a Greek word um, that we began a study on last week. And there's two types of words that refer to time. There's chronos and kairos and Kronos really is a specific point in time, a specific time like 3 p.m. where Kronos or Kairos is more of a general description of a particular time like right now. Um, so there are two similar words but have two completely different meanings. Like when I say house and when I say home, those mean two different things. Am I right? Uh, when I say house, you think of a physical dwelling. When I say home, you think about a place where family resides. You think about comfort and those sort of things. So it's similar words, but they have two completely different meanings. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And, 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 and we talked about last week that, that there are like several occasions where this particular, this particular word is used. Uh, we talked about Mark chapter 1, we're going to talk about Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 19, Romans chapter 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to talk about all these different places where the, the word kairos is used. And, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, but, but there's, a, uh, there's a prison ministry called kairos. Or kairos is what a lot of them call it. And uh, I, was, uh, I was talking with a guy... Uh, I have a car with a Kairos, Kairos on the 
license plate is a personalized tag, and I was at Golden Springs Community Center over here, and he, he said, I know what that means. He said, that's, that's a God moment, right? That's, that's like in God's time, right? And I said, that's exactly what it means. How do you know that? And he said, because there's a prison ministry that goes by that name. And he said, and they ministered to me. And I know I've got a good friend of mine, and he actually participates in the, the Kairos ministry. And uh, he, <laughs> he talks about uh, just the impact that those people have going into the prison systems and talking to people about God and telling them, look, man, even though that you're in prison, even though that you're having a difficult time right now, there is forgiveness in Christ. And don't miss this opportunity right now, this God moment that exists right now for you to, to draw close to God as a result of what's going on in your life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And that's the whole point behind the ministry. Don't miss this moment. And we talked about that last week. And, and we gave an opportunity for people, look, you want to come to Christ? Come to Christ. Don't miss this opportunity. We had some people say, you know what? I need to be baptized. And we, we baptized somebody spur of the moment last week. We just said, you want to be baptized? Come up here. We'll baptize you. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. And here in uh, Luke chapter 12, I'll be honest with you, Jesus is talking about some pretty hard stuff. He's talking about when he comes, that when he has come to the world, that there's truth that comes with him, okay? And not all of the truth that Jesus speaks of is easy to embrace. And he's given these people an invitation to embrace the truth, an invitation to understand why he is here and what he is to do and I'll just take a running start at the passage we're going to be at. In Luke chapter 12, we're going to be in verse 54. But in verse 53, it says this. It says, Father will be divided against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And what he is talking about is that, hey, there's a reality to the truth that he brings. There's going to be some that embrace the truth and some that don't. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to even divide families. There, there are going to be some that, that actually embrace the truth of Jesus, and there will be some that won't. The people of Israel in this particular time, I mean, there were very few that recognized Jesus for who he was. He said he was the Son of God, and many people didn't want to accept that. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit today. We're going we're gonna to just... Look at what Jesus has to say. And he uses some very plain examples today. And I, I just, I want you to hear what Jesus has to say. I'm not going elaborate to on, elaborate on it a whole lot. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 54. It says, then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see the clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower. And you are right. When the, wind, the south wind blows, you say, today it will be a scorcher, and it is. You fools. And some of your versions, if you're reading a different version, may say, you hypocrites. You know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you do not know how to interpret, interpret the present times. And here's that times, the present time, right now, the kairos. And what he is saying is, it's so interesting how... You people are, are sitting here, and he's, he's been giving this, this lesson on the fact that the truth will divide, and there will be some that embrace the truth and some that don't. And he says, 
I don't understand you people. You, you look at the clouds coming and you say, man, it is about to rain. It's coming. And sure enough, that's what happens. Or you look and you see the south wind blowing, which is blowing the, the desert winds up towards them. And, and you see it and it's going to be hot today. And you know that because you look around and you observe and you see that. This is what Jesus says. He says, why is it when you look around and you have your eyes open, you don't see what's going on right now? You don't see what's going on. And people, look, I know people want to get all fired up about end times prophecy. And is Jesus coming back tomorrow? Is he coming back the day after? The truth is, I don't know. He may come back in eight minutes from now. He may come back in eight years or 8,000 years. I don't know. I don't know. But the reality is, is that we're in a place where it probably in the next 80 years, none of the people in here will still be alive. That's the reality. So whether you go there or he comes here, there's an urgent thing that's going on. Don't miss what's going on around you. Don't, don't waste your time is what Jesus is saying. This is an important time. Open your eyes and look around at what's going on. Why is it so easy for you to look at a cloud and say it's going to rain, but yet when I'm here preaching truth and, 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 and your heart is being penetrated by the truth and you're being turned upside down and you're looking at everything just going on around you and, and, and you see what God is trying to show you, why is it that you ignore that? Why is it that you ignore that? What's so interesting to me is the way things work in this world. Like if I were to tell you that I was at Oxford Lake this morning at 6 a.m. walking around and I saw an eight-foot alligator in Oxford Lake, there would be a great number of you that would believe me with no evidence whatsoever. Just Kenny said it. That could be true. It's sensational. It sounds good. We can put it on the news. So therefore, I'll just, yeah, let me absorb. People be talking all around in church today. Do you know Kenny saw an eight-foot alligator in Oxford Lake this morning? But when I stand up here and tell you that, that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he can rescue you from death to life, and that you're living in a place that's going to send you into eternal separation from him, there are so many people that go, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You know, I, I think I know what it is. I think I know why it is. It's the same thing that the people of Israel went through. They don't want to hear the diagnosis. They won't, don't want to hear the reality. I mean, nobody wants to sit there and go... They don't embrace the truth when somebody says, you've got cancer. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't want to hear the diagnosis. So we tune it out. We don't want to believe that as much. No matter what we see, no matter how much the Holy Spirit moves on our heart, we just kind of want to tune that out. We don't necessarily want to hear that so much. Because the people of Israel didn't want to hear that they were hypocrites. He calls them fools, hypocrites. Uh, why were they hypocrites? Well, well, I mean, what is he talking about? Clouds and sun? and uh, Now he's talking about hypocrites. What is he talking about? He's talking about the fact that they proclaim to be one way. They proclaim to be the people of God, but they don't act like the people of God. Do you know anybody like that? Do you know anybody that, 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 that proclaims to be somebody that embraces truth and loves God and loves Jesus and, and wants to do all the things that they're a disciple of Jesus, but yet in reality what their life reflects is nothing even close to that? A hypocrite, that's, that's the way to 
that Jesus describes people like that. Now, by the way, he called not only the Pharisees hypocrites, he called many times the people of Israel hypocrites because he was talking about the hypocritical system, religious system that they were living under. It was just a system of acting one way, eating these things, doing these certain things during the week, and all of that to portray the fact that they were holy when reality, what was going on inside their heart was not, not holy at all. That they really had a cancer and it was their sin. It didn't matter what they did externally, the problem was internal, and they didn't want to recognize that. And here was this guy that came on the scenes, and now he's talking about something else going on in the heart, and he calls them a bunch of hypocrites. He says, you know the reality. You know the reality. When you lay down at night and you examine yourself and you look at your heart and you, you really pick apart your life because you know your life better than anybody else, you know what's really going on. You know that you're a hypocrite. Who likes to hear that they're a hypocrite? Nobody. Nobody. That's the kind of truth that divides, right? When you hear that, you either have to embrace it or you don't. A lot of people ignore it and say, nah, that's not me. I'm not a hypocrite. This is what they say instead. I'll get to heaven and I'll look around and I'll say, well, I'm better than most. I'm better than most. I'm doing everything pretty much right, so therefore... I should be able to get into heaven because I'm, I'm a lot better than everybody else. So, therefore, I should be good. Do you know how hypocritical that is? Because the reality is we're all bad. In case you didn't know that, every single one of us is bad. We all deserve hell, eternal separation from God. Every single one of us. But you know the ones that don't receive hell are those that... that, that embrace the truth that they receive hell does that make sense the people that actually goes you know what i deserve hell but because of what jesus has done the righteousness of god is put on me through his son jesus christ so therefore i become the righteousness of jesus it's those people that embrace that truth because you have to embrace that you're a sinner that you're wicked you're evil in your heart that you are nasty and you have to embrace that truth and that truth will define people all day long. But it's the ones that embrace that truth are the ones that get to spend eternity with God. It's the ones that think they're pretty good. It's the, it's the ones that think they're doing all right. Those are the ones that suffer eternal separation from God. He says, look around you. Don't waste your time. Embrace the present time. The kairos. The kairos. Embrace it right now. Open your eyes. And he goes on to say this. He says, Why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? When you're on the way to court with your accuser, try to settle the matter before you get there. Otherwise, your accuser will drag you before the judge who will hand you over to the officer who will throw you into prison. And if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the very last penny. This is what he says. He says, understand the urgency. He says, if you're being dragged off to court because you owe somebody money, in reality, in those days, very rarely did somebody actually pay off their debt because they were in prison. Therefore, they didn't really have a way to pay off their debt. So they were, couldn't really make any money. So what did they do? They just stayed in prison, right? So, so that's what he's saying here. If you're being dragged off to prison because you have a debt that you owe 
Aren't you going to hurry up to try to settle that before we get to the court? Hey, man, can't we work something out? You know, I, 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 I believe that I owe you this money. I, I, I'll do whatever I can to kind of reconcile this, to make it right. I'll, I'll do whatever I can, man. Just don't, don't take me to court. Don't. The urgency. The urgency of right now. And Jesus is pointing out, don't you see the urgency of the debt that you owe? Don't, don't you see how important it is for you to resolve this right now? Seek Jesus while he can still be found. Embrace this truth while I'm preaching it. Don't try to put it off. Don't try to ignore the fact that you're in debt. Embrace the truth that you're in debt because if you ignore it, you're just going to be dragged off to court and you'll spend forever in prison. He says, embrace it now. Seek me while I can still be found. That's what Jesus is saying. So when a cloud's up there and it's coming this way, you go, it's going to rain. You don't ignore that. You embrace it. He says, why is it when I preach the truth, you ignore it and you don't embrace it? Don't you understand? The time is coming when, when you're going to have to stand before the judge. Don't you understand that, that, that there's going to be a time when you have to give an account? For the debt that's owed. And either it's been paid through Jesus Christ, which you can embrace now. Or if you ignore that truth and you ignore the fact that you're a sinner. You ignore the fact that there's a debt to be paid for the sin that you've got in your life. You're going to spend eternity. Eternity in prison. So what, what is Kairos here? What is Kairos? It's right now. It's right now. So here's the thing. There's probably some students that uh, you felt like God was drawing you and God was calling you and you needed to surrender to him. And we did some baptisms in the ocean and we did some baptisms Thursday night in the pool and you feel like I kind of missed it, Right? There may be some here that feel like I missed my opportunity. Or maybe you didn't go to camp. Maybe you're a student or a 20-something that didn't go to camp. Or maybe you're an adult that didn't go to camp. Or maybe you're an adult that did go to camp and you felt like you were supposed to respond, but you didn't because you felt like it was a youth thing. You know what I have to say to you? Don't waste your time. Embrace the truth. The Holy Spirit speaking to you now. Don't run from him. Don't, don't ignore the diagnosis. Embrace the fact that there's a debt to be paid. And then you've got to trust in Jesus that he paid that debt. You can't ignore the truth. If you ignore the truth, you'll be hauled off to prison. And you'll spend forever there. Embrace the moment. Don't waste your time.